Hey there, thank you for tuning in and welcome to the Dear Ladies Podcast with your host Ashley. I am so excited to have you join me today on this podcast where we dive deep into the joys and challenges of being a woman, especially an expert woman. Each week we'll discuss the various topics that are essential in making sure your expert life feels like home. And now let's hear the episode of the week. Today on our brand new episode, we'll be talking to Shun and we'll be talking about a very sensitive topic which touches on health and it's neurodiversity, ADHD and also self-compassion. Hi Shun, welcome to our podcast. Hi Ashley, thank you for having me. Um, can you just like introduce yourself and tell us where you're from and how did you get about into talking about such issues as ADHD? Sure, well I'm from the south of Ireland originally, from the southwest and I left Ireland when you know when I was about 20 I lived in the UK for years and then I've always worked actually the one familiar thread throughout my life has been working with children and young adults mm-hmm. um, with autism and ADHD oh. and uh, challenging behavior and all that in different settings when I moved to Prague in 2014 almost 10 years already my goodness I was working in an international school here as a a personal assistant to a child with autism and with ADHD and then I started to sort of notice things about myself that that made me think hmm, I wasn't sure you know was it a lot of anxiety a lot of rumination things like that and I wondered is it from past trauma but I had lots of therapy and thought I'd work through a lot of stuff so I went to see a psychiatrist um, who unbeknownst to me was actually assessing me for ADHD I think I mean when I went there he it was fairly open but I think he could hear throughout mm-hmm. the, the session you know what was happening and so I had a couple of further assessments and sure enough I was diagnosed with ADHD I was 35 so it was a huge shock you know because you kind of go through life thinking know, you're right? like everyone else and then suddenly you think oh actually my brain is wired differently and structurally parts of it are different to other people's brains but everything made sense made so much sense and it was a really healing experience as well at the same time since then i just i couldn't stop reading about adhd i just wanted to know as much as possible and then i heard about adhd coaching and this there's only a couple of a few places in the states where you can do this coaching training Mm -hmm. Uh, i was lucky enough to be able to start that uh, in 2020 and i finished last year congratulations thank you wow this is I don't know what to say because then I'm thinking I might have it or other people might have it and I don't even know. They just think they're depressed or suffering from anxiety, but there are deeper issues there. There can be, yeah, absolutely. And often, uh, especially women can be diagnosed with depression and anxiety when actually they have ADHD. 80% of people who are diagnosed with ADHD also are diagnosed with a co-occurring psychiatric condition usually anxiety or depression or both but they can mask the anxiety and depression can mask other adhd traits it's it's hard to tell it's hard to tell unless you have a thorough assessment really yeah i think the the question now people are having is exactly what is uh, this neurodiversity and how does it relate exactly to ADHD. Sure. Well, the term neurodiverse uh, was actually coined by uh, an Australian socialist or socialist, a sociologist yeah. called Judy Singer. And the way 
she defines neurodiversity is that everybody uh, everybody is neurodiverse yeah. because just like fingerprints everybody's brain is different which is really uh, an amazing thing so what she had in mind was like a general global thing it is you popularly used to describe people with autism adhd dyslexia dyspraxia Tourette's, different neurobiological yeah. things like that. Yeah, and then the, the more preferred term, I guess, is neurodivergent. It just means that your brain is is uh, not typical of, mm -hmm. of like the general public. There's something different about your brain, mm -hmm. so that makes you neurodivergent. It doesn't mean that you're sick in any way. It just means your brain is different. Uh, it's 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 something that you're born with. Okay. So it's different to like a mental health condition. It's it's since you were before mm -hmm. you were born, yeah. and then you'll have it for life. Yeah. Yeah. And how does uh, having a ADHD affect your everyday life? How is it different from a normal person who does not have ADHD? So from a person who doesn't have ADHD. They will experience the things that people with ADHD have, but not to the same extent or frequency. So a person with ADHD will have often have a lot of difficulty with planning, organizing, timekeeping, self-control, uh, controlling emotion. There's like, I always forget, there are like seven main areas called executive functions, but those are the, the top ones that people struggle with most, you know, constantly losing things, constantly being late, always spending time looking for stuff. Their mood changes in a moment. So they can, you can suddenly feel very angry if you've, you're late and you're giving yourself a hard time um, about it. Like that, a lot of people can find mm. themselves in that, but yeah. it's, it's persistent. Uh, I, I saw like, a lot of people also talking about procrastination as yeah. how people with ADHD, it's, it's a thing that they struggle with. Mm -hmm. a lot. Can you maybe elaborate on that? Yeah, sure. Well, procrastination absolutely is a huge thing um, for in people with ADHD and there are many different reasons. It's almost always emotional yeah. behind the procrastination, like uh, perfectionism is a big thing, you know, so if there's something that's that you have to do, like a deadline for work or I don't know, you're painting a picture or something like that, you can often put it off because you'll if you're thinking through the lens of a perfectionist, you've created such a high standard in your own mind about it that even before you start the task, you've already gone, there's no point, I'm not ever gonna get it as good as, as it should be, yeah. should in inverted commas. And you put yourself under so much pressure that you, you buckle even before you start. That's one kind of example of the emotions behind procrastination and with ADHD, you know, if there's a lot of pressure there, like say if there's a young person who's doing school leaving exams, their parents are often, you know, come on, you need to study, you need to get an A, and, and in a child with ADHD, that's often enough for them to just, I'm, I'm not studying, I, I'm not studying anything. And you'll yeah. have a parent saying, they're, they're just sitting on the couch, they're just watching Netflix, they're not doing anything, they're, they're lazy or whatever. The, the first thing that comes to my mind is like, you can be sure that you're child who's not studying or the person who's not doing their meeting their work deadline their mind is just full of thoughts they're not there's nothing relaxing or lazy about it they're they're constantly going over it in their mind the pressure yeah. i just hear you right now describing some of the symptoms that people with adhd have and i'm thinking to myself some of them i can relate to and i think a lot of people can relate to but does that mean that they, are, they have adhd because 
sometimes you can just feel lazy and not do your project so how do i know that i have adhd or i'm just it's just my trait and i'm just lazy so i guess it's again it's the frequency how often you find that happening i mean of course it could be somebody without adhd who isn't motivated by the job exactly. and and uh, i'm not interested in it and i just i'm going to leave anyway in a few months or whatever um but with adhd it's so it's certainly the frequency and and the intensity so okay. with adhd we have less filters to be very vague less uh, filters in our brain so it's it's not easy or it's not naturally available to us for our brain to go you'll do it tomorrow instead with adhd there'll be a lot of rumination a lot of like oh i can't do anything what's wrong with me these people are waiting for me and i'm letting everyone down and i'm blah, blah. and it just it just builds up and up into a real the inner critic in in somebody with ADHD is the loudest voice of mm. most of the time. You self-sabotage, like you sabotage yourself from inside. Yes, and there doesn't even need to be anybody around you who's criticizing you or something like that. Like with ADHD, it's very difficult to to do it yourself. And of course, you don't have to have ADHD to to experience that. But it it's such a strong strong feeling that it can govern. Mm everything in, in one's life and if and if somebody's listening to this and thinking oh my goodness that sounds just like me there are free questionnaires and stuff you can do online to test it and obviously you know you can go in and make an appointment somewhere and actually have an assessment if it's something that that one feels really yeah, yeah. i was about to ask the common signs that people have that kind of tell them that they have uh, ADHD but i think you've pretty much covered some of them but other more you can yes yeah absolutely the kind of more i suppose widely known ones okay. are um inattentiveness there's three types of ADHD and uh, there's inattentive which is mm -hmm. mostly more of inward thinking looking out the window daydreaming a lot zoning out in conversations zoning out when doing work and there's hyperactive type which is you know wanting to move a lot often feeling like in adult everything that has to be done in the day almost feels like an emergency has to be done now it's like this thing yeah. pushing in the back of your mind feeling the need to move a lot interrupting other people speeding often people with, with hyperactive type will get a lot of uh, speeding tickets and um, and there is um, is that me? No, it's just, I'm thinking like I used to get a lot of speeding ticket, but I, I, I just love speeding. I know it's it's a bad thing. <laughs> and again, it doesn't mean that you have, you know. I don't know. Like I'm saying, how do you know? Most of the signs are, it's like most people have, or I, I don't know, when do you cut? Yes. Where do you draw the line? Like this is an ADHD, yeah. this is just normal. So if it's impairing your daily life. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. If it's having that. A negative impact on your daily life then that's the way to to do it like a lot of people will you know impulsivity is a big thing like interrupting and, and speeding and not being able to wait in line for the bathroom like if i go to the cinema the there's movie's over and there's a long line even if i'm like i don't know if i'm going to make it home in time i'm just like <laughs> i can't i just can't spend 10 minutes waiting in the queue it's too boring yeah, <laughs> oh yeah and can you tell that your kids have adhd how can you tell from those signs as well it's it depends on the child's age and uh i mean adhd is it is 
passed down, it's very heritable. There will be it's other genetic. people. There will be genetic components of ADHD, and there will be other people in the family, parent and uncle, grandparents, or whatever. And I guess if the more you know about it yourself, the more you'll recognize things. Usually, it's flagged by a teacher or speech therapist or something like that. Somebody will say, maybe you can get an assessment for your child. But very often there's a stereotype that boys have hyperactive ADHD and not inattentive, which is not true. It's often the, the children with predominantly hyperactive ADHD will get noticed because they're be they're, the way they yeah, connect themselves exactly. in class will yeah. it's cause just and things yeah. and might distract other kids and the teacher and things like that. And then on the other hand, inattentive boys and girls will often get missed like they'll fall through the net because they're really quiet, their grades might be quite low, and that might be something that the teacher notices, or they, when the teacher calls them in class to answer a question, they often won't know what the teacher has asked them because they haven't been listening. Yeah. So they'll just get told off and then move on. And they won't get the support they need. Sadly. So the attention span is really, really short. It depends on, on if you find something that really interests you, you could spend hours of solid focus on it. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's like a paradox of ADHD because people think it, you can't concentrate on anything and your focus capacity is really low. But actually, if you find something that really interests you, then you have unlimited interest and concentration and focus it's well yeah can you do you have common misconceptions or stereotypes that people usually label people with adhd that you think should be addressed certainly the the difference between this the kind of strong stereotype of the disruptive boy yeah there are plenty of girls with hyperactive adhd they don't get the same attention or noticed as much yeah. and there are boys with inattentive type who don't get noticed and basically there's a big I, mean, I think there's some study going now in about the difference in how it presents in girls and in boys because there is a difference like there is an autism yeah those like that kind of stereotypes and also that a person with ADHD can't hold down a job oh. that's another stereotype I feel like recently the community at large like the society has been aware and compassionate to people with neurodiversity or adhd i've seen shows even on netflix i don't know there's this show called um, the good doctor i don't know if that's adhd or is i haven't autism. seen it's the good doctor i think he he has that as well and there's another show i was watching about a, a kid i forgot the name also on netflix who had some neurodiversity problem. I don't should I say it's not a problem. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of talk about that as well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not a misconception, right? You could say yeah. it's a train. Yes, it's not yeah. it's not a problem. Yes, and it was a really good show and I like that they're trying to do that as a society to show that you can have a good life and you can have a good job and everything and I just think it's a good thing. Yeah, certainly the, with with autism the, the there is a stereotype of of having higher intelligence mm. and, but the, again that's that's not always the case, the case. <laughs> that's yeah, a stereotype it's a so, absolutely you know bringing people's awareness to neurodivergence is a fantastic thing and seeing it in the mainstream is it's good it's really yeah. great i mean the, these are the upsides of the work culture well, because you wouldn't see this back in the 90s no so the work culture has the ups and the downs sure <laughs> yeah and my next question is how does fostering self-compassion 
contribute to the well-being and the mental health of people with ADHD? Mm -hmm. And it's such a great question because it's sort of the biggest impact of, mm -hmm. of having ADHD is how it makes you feel about yourself. And a lot of the time that is uh, a very uh, negative feeling. Oh, the inner critic is, is very loud, usually the most dominant voice. The self-belief you know, is really often very low self-esteem in people with, with do you ADHD. Think, do you think that is because you think you are different from the other people? Yes, yes, ah. you know you're different. You grow up knowing you're different, but you look like everyone else, so you don't know, you can't pinpoint what yeah. it is. And But you're very aware because you see other people getting good grades at school or never forgetting their homework or never forgetting their lunch, you know, things like that. Yeah, that happens to you all the time. Yeah, and it just goes in and makes you feel bad about yourself. And there's probably teachers saying, you should, you could try harder, you're smarter, what's wrong with you? Or maybe even a parent, why can't you be more like your sibling? All of these things. And it's estimated that by the time they're 12, children with ADHD are, have received 20,000 negative messages, 20,000 more than their non-ADHD counterparts. I can even imagine that. Yes, and, and so that becomes your internal dialogue. You, you think, it's oh well this is me, this must be me then, I must be broken somehow or there must be something really wrong with me and it's, it's really so sad, it's such a sad thing. Um, like sometimes, even working on self-compassion sometimes for clients, they'll be like, I know myself when, when I was having therapy and, and told, how can you show yourself you love yourself? And I, and I would get feel almost angry. I've never thought of that. I, I, I don't know what that means. And it was just a really kind of frustrating, because I knew it was so far away <laughs> as well, because I just thought I was worthless. When I thought I was stupid, I thought I didn't have anything to offer the world or anyone around me to go to hear that uh, how can you love yourself it, it was it almost made me feel sick you know, it was such a strange kind of it makes me sick to think about what you guys go through it sounds like depression forever and ever and ever because people with depression always hate themselves i mean nobody i'm not worthy of anything why would people love me i don't deserve to leave it's it really sounds like that and that hurts it's a real it's the sound of of almost hopelessness right it's really it's really sad and and of course up until like the last 10 or 15 years people didn't really know about ADHD know, right? like you were saying and even now saying I'm not exposed to this topic also because of my background where I come from in southern Africa or in Africa probably in general um, I don't want to speak for the whole continent but where I come from in my neighborhood in my community we did not talk about ADHD. Why is that? If you are different, we are just labeled as a special kid and yes. you, they send you to a special kid's school. Right. It doesn't matter what you have, whether it's, it's autism, whether it's ADHD mm -hmm. or whatever it is, you, they just put you there yeah. and you sort yourself out. And it wasn't in a good way. You're going to a special school or we are compassionate or what it was like, you were cast out of the community. Okay, yes. It's sad even talking about, but I was younger then and I didn't realize I was just growing up with the thought like, oh, going to a special school, you don't want to be sent there. No. Sure, the social stigma. Exactly. Right? And it's so powerful. Stigma around it. And it still, I mean, it still exists everywhere, I think, the social stigma. You know, there, there are people who who don't know about these things or maybe are frightened to know or grew up with a similar experience and maybe hear about it, ADHD or autism or something. and 
immediately the brain goes especially oh. autism i think autism the stigma is very really huge and i'm so glad that society is changing now and realizing that people with autism can actually be even smarter than you as you already said you know it varies from person to person but yeah absolutely and even you know like big tech companies like I think Microsoft were the first I think they did a program with Harvard University called the autism hiring program and so they created jobs for for people on the autistic spectrum but it is mm -hmm. a spectrum you know and there are like ADHD you know and everybody is going to fall somewhere differently within yeah. that, that yeah. spectrum so how do you get there as an individual who's struggling or who has ADHD or you just recently found out? How do you get to a point that where you are right now, where you have your self-compassion and you know about yourself and you know this is what I'm going through, what are some of the techniques that you use, especially in your coaching? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, learning about your brain wiring is the most powerful thing, I think, for everybody, just understanding their own brain and why things happen and, you know, becoming aware of our reactions to things and how does that, you know, what feelings does that bring up and emotional awareness, all of those things together are, are such a powerful, powerful uh, combination. Yeah. Um, and just even like, you know, self compassion, self-love, whatever it is, you know, that people want to call it. I think it's often in mainstream, it's it's shown as, you know, women eating salads and having a bubble bath and stuff. And that's great if that's what you want to do. But I can remember trying those things. I was like, if I eat a salad every day, will I feel better about myself? You know, because that's what you do, right? Because it's these images are just yeah. kind of thrown at you. And you think, oh, well, you know, I'll, I'll try it and see. And I, you know, I just found it really boring. And so I kind of thought, okay, well, what is it then? What do I need to do? And at the time, my, my own ADHD coach gave me, you know, this thing. He said, okay, 10 daily habits. What are the 10 things that you're going to make sure you do every day? Things that you get enjoyment from. It could be really small. It could be big, whatever it is, you know, these things need to be prioritized above your work. That's how important they are because they're a way every time you do something nice for yourself every time you give yourself permission to to enjoy something that's you're giving yourself you're giving your brain the message it's okay for me to do this 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 is good i'm looking after myself and it, and it just it just you know forms neural pathways the more you practice it the more it will become habit and the more it will become natural and then you'll progress on and on and on you know and you'll keep going and you'll find that the more you let yourself do stuff the less hard on yourself you're going to be because you're you're kind of you're accepting yourself more you're not criticizing yourself as much and you're understanding oh i did that because my brain sometimes needs a reminder and i forgot mm -hmm. to do that thing it's not the end of the world you know like yeah. learning to speak yeah. to yourself in yeah. in that kind of way but usually the way that it starts off if i have a client who's like i have no idea what compassion means my mind is just constantly uh, throwing out negative thoughts and stuff because with ADHD the, the thoughts usually are veering far over towards negative thoughts okay. memory bias with ADHD is a big thing and it stops us from being able to remember things that went well so a pause is like a super basic and all you're doing is like you know for 10 seconds a day 20 seconds a day or even if you manage once a week you know while you're waiting for the kettle to boil in the morning or you're brushing your teeth you're just checking in and you're noticing what are my thoughts doing right now are they 
lifting me up or are they dragging me down and that's it but the most difficult thing about that is not judging yourself so you're just, just being you're just trying to notice like as if you're listening in on the conversation over the neighbor's wall you know you're trying to kind of practice as much uh detached not, not emotionally detached but just noticing without judgment because often what can happen is like you know nine times out of ten the person will listen into their thoughts and it's something negative and then they'll get stuck in it like yeah. oh no i can't even do this for 10 seconds you know so you're trying to like take that pressure and that perfectionism away and just be like it's just noticing there's yeah. nothing you have to do about it the more you do it the more you'll notice that you're able to like go oh that's interesting there's that thing again i'm thinking about where i think i'm really rubbish at whatever it is dancing or something you know and you'll you'll just you know it, it just gives yourself the message of like once you stop judging yourself so harshly yeah. it just changes everything yeah. actually i was getting this thought where it's almost similar what you're saying with what jordan peterson says i don't know if you know him but in his 12 rules of rules for life he talks about you need to talk to yourself have a conversation with yourself like you're a dead person be in the kitchen or whatever you're doing as you're saying and have a conversation with yourself okay ashley what are we gonna do today do we want to do that is that okay and also reward yourself if you are going to set maybe you want to say set some goals for the day and you do them and you tell yourself okay after we clean the house we are going to sit down and enjoy a glass of wine mm -hmm. and then you need to reward yourself at the end don't go doing something else after finishing cleaning sit on the couch and drink the glass of wine as you promised yourself because yes. if you keep breaking promises to yourself then you will lose trust in yourself next time yes just as you would the other person so mm -hmm. do exactly as you said yeah yes the consistency so that you can rely on yourself to show up for yourself just and, like and a kid reward. when you tell a kid okay finish this and i'll give you this mm -hmm. then if you don't you know they get so sad and yes. you kill them a little bit right. and they lose trust in you for next time. So treat yourself like that. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful way to put it. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. I was just thinking as you were talking, I was like, wow, this is almost as similar. And I like the point of just listening to your thoughts, being aware, don't judge, don't do anything, just listen yeah. and be aware. And it takes practice like that yes. takes practice. oh yeah absolutely and it's a slow process and that's not what like that's something that can actually be very can be a real challenge mm -hmm. to people with, with ADHD who are practicing self-compassion because you know you'll have this thing of like the person with ADHD is like oh I don't like my life I'm gonna change everything tomorrow morning I'm gonna wake up and everything's gonna be different yeah. and maybe they'll make changes and it'll last for a few days or a week or two and then it'll fall right oh, back and that's because of impatience and you know not being able to see far into the future maybe far enough into the future that it wouldn't be sustainable so the small incremental consistent changes are the most powerful ones you know yeah. and laying that foundation and it's just a more much more sustainable sort of way of yeah. doing it i'm glad you touched on that because i was going to ask you what are the challenges sure. <laughs> that you face when you try to get into that self-compassion compassion mode but yeah. you already touched on them it's really challenging as we said easier said than done yes mm -hmm. and it takes it takes patience and also memory people with ADHD tend to have very poor memory very mm. limited working memory capacity like you could 
you could be in one room and think, oh, I need to go upstairs and do something. And by the time you get upstairs, then so, it's gone. But it happens. So that's like when you when you say like I'm going to get my charger, and then you go upstairs and you're like, wait a minute, why did I come to mm-hmm. get here? What was it? And then you go downstairs and like, and you come back like it was a yes. charger. Yeah. Yes. Like having that like. The consistency of that is just unbelievable, and especially with children, you know, you you ask a child, like a, a child with ADHD, if you ask them to do a task, you know, say an elementary school age child, if you ask them to to do a task with three steps, they're probably they'll probably remember the first step, maybe the second step, and on the way there, they'll have seen the poster on the wall that took their interest, and they've completely forgotten all the steps now, you know. So it's. Um, yeah. As, yeah, as we are talking, I'm realizing, you know, they're not dumb people. We just labeled them dumb because we didn't understand them. It's, I mean, that is the impression that you get from the world when your brain is wired differently and the world is built differently for, for other people's brains, not for yours. So that is part of, you know, getting the message of you're broken, there's something wrong Telling with a you. fish to climb a tree. Yes, exactly, yeah, yes, yeah, that's a great. How can the society at large or communities and even schools help when it comes to setting better support systems for individuals with um, ADHD towards their journey of self-compassion. Yeah, well, absolutely. The, like the the most important thing is, you know, the adults around the child or the colleagues around the person, the family of the person. You know, uh, learning about ADHD, getting to know what their loved one or their colleagues or their child's, you know. Um, triggers are for them you know having a, a meltdown and losing control of their emotions you know what is where, where do their interests lie you know the more you can help them build their self-belief the more self-compassion they're going to feel for themselves because they'll have the opportunities to feel proud to feel accepted to feel like they're succeeding and that they don't have to try three times as hard to get to the same place as their peers which is usually the case yeah. On our episode on boundaries, we were actually talking about the fact that most of the things that we believe about ourselves, we did not tell ourselves that people around us in the society yes. told us that this is who you are. Mm-hmm. And we ended up believing it and we ended up labeling ourselves as this is who we are. Yes. And I'm so glad you touched on that as well. Like it's so important to feed your kids positive things about themselves because it will shape their entire life yes absolutely shape their brain literally you know it's yeah it's so important my other question is are there any resources or books or tools that you can recommend for individuals seeking to understand themselves better who have ADHD especially when it comes to self-compassion and in the context sure I mean there are you know uh, I suppose the first thing that comes to my mind is uh, a website called Attitude, A-D-D-I-T-U-D, Attitude Mag, like short for magazine, mm-hmm. .com. They have a lot of great articles on there, a lot of like personal stories of people triumphing, you know, and feeling and restoring their self-belief and building on their self-compassion. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of really inspiring stories on there. For parents, there's a really good book by a woman called Caroline McGuire. Now the book title 
is is called Why Will No One Play With Me. It's quite a, oh, just a, a very sad title, title <laughs> but it's actually a really useful book. Ned Hallowell, Dr. Ned Hallowell, mm. usually has a really, really positive, uh, he's written loads of books driven to distraction, ADHD 2.0. He's usually focuses on the strengths yeah. of people. How about in the Czech Republic? Because I know for a fact that you're an ADHD coach mm -hmm. and I have been following your work on social media. Are there any other people or people can just come to you and you can help them? But what if they want to get other support services in sure. Czech or maybe okay. they want to see if they have ADHD? Yeah, um, yes. I know that like... Um, I think Dr. Sophia Nam mm. does assessments. I'm not sure if she does them for adults, but she definitely does it for children. And Dr. Rishankova, are, she, she assesses children as well for ADHD. Yeah. And the support services that you do, for example. Yeah, uh, so as far as I know, there's nobody else in Czech Republic who's a certified ADHD coach I at the see. moment. Yeah, I mean, it's it'll come, of course, and it, and it needs to because there's yeah. a great need for it, especially one who actually speaks Czech. <laughs> <laughs> so like definitely we're like the most important thing when you're researching where to get assessment or where to get support any kind of support like making sure that the person has like a specialized training in ADHD or like a specialized you know some therapists will have a specialized interest in ADHD because mm. uh, maybe they have it or a loved one has it and and they're usually the ones you know the more information that the that the the person has the more beneficial it's going to be Oh my god, I'm surprised that they don't have enough uh, ADHD coaches. Yeah, I mean it's I mean it's not a new thing in the states. It's very popular, you know, uh, and it's sort of like part of the treatment, the yeah. sort of standard treatment for for ADHD. But yeah, when I was doing my training, I think there was one woman from Poland there. I think I know there's one in Germany, but not many. You know, it's a very in mm. Europe. It's still a very up and coming. So there are no like support groups. I don't. I don't know. I think. I no. think there was one for a while. I'm not sure if it's still happening over the summer. Well, it's it's really sad. But um, so when where can people find you? And maybe you can also elaborate more about your services what exactly do you do when a person comes to you yeah it, it's usually like so people come to me and sometimes they're in a you know a state of great distress because you know things are falling apart in their lives maybe they've lost a job or they're run out of money they're in debt or or maybe they're giving themselves a hard time because they're late for work every morning they want to work on that so first of all people will have like a free call free okay. consultation to see you know to, so I can answer questions and to see if we're a good fit because that's really important you know mm -hmm. you want to feel comfortable with the person both mm -hmm. of us want to feel comfortable with each other so usually people will have at least 12 sessions over the course of a few months because it's it's important to do them you know at least like twice a month otherwise you'll lose momentum yeah and consistent basically. yeah the consistency and stuff and obviously you know coaching is different to uh, therapy in that because you're it's more of a partnership and there's mm. less of a pronounced professional boundary mm. and it's client-led so and then the coach is just checking that the the clients going where they where they want to go you know going towards their goal where they want to go feeding back anything that you know notice that so everything that the client says i listen through an adhd mm -hmm. lens 
and then I'll ask, you know, do you want me, I notice this is coming up for you, uh, do you want me to explain that through the ADHD lens, you know, what's happening in your brain when that happens? And people are usually really, you know, interested in, in learning. I think, I think it's really nice. What's even nicer is that they're dealing with someone who also has ADHD, so you really understand, as you say, you have the ADHD lenses mm -hmm. that another person who doesn't have would not understand what's going on right now. Yes. So I think it's it's really nice uh, what you're doing. Uh, continue helping uh, more people. I, I hope people who didn't even know that there was an ADHD coach can know after this episode and they can get the help and just an ear from someone who is like them. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. No, it is. It's very effective. And funnily enough, you know, everybody. When I did my training on the first day, there were 24 of us and everybody had ADHD and, and I was nearly crying, you know, because I'd never, it was just like, oh my gosh, these are my people. Yeah. <laughs> this is amazing. It was a whole new world. That's so, belonging, yeah? Yes, yeah. And yeah, it is, it is very uh, important or it is very effective. I think people appreciate that when they realize that, that I have ADHD as well. And, mm. yeah. and they open up. Yes, yeah, no judgment, of course, yeah. you know, yeah. Unlike you, no judgment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming to this episode. Uh, thank you for honoring the invitation. Thank you for having me, Ashley, <laughs> it's been great. <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode. If you want to be a part of our Dealing His Network community, visit our website www.dealinghisnet.com or follow our socials on Instagram and Facebook at dealinghis.network. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. Until next time.